So I have a, a question for you this morning. It's a fill-in-the-blank. It's a fill-in-the-blank statement. And there's two blanks. Are you ready for it? Yes. I'm glad to hear it. All right. Here's the sentence. I bet you're going to do really great. No pressure, but the blenders did really well. <laughs> no pressure, friends. <laughs> Typically speaking, we may finish this sentence with what two words? We never have enough blank and blank. Time and money. Exactly. You did well. We never have enough time and money. I'm not sure how much I agree with that, but that certainly is a common idea that we hear. The scripture this morning in the book of Ephesians talks a little bit about the concept of not having enough time. Make the most of time, the scripture says. And, and over the past few weeks, we've noticed that Ephesians has been giving us advice on how to live as faithful followers of Christ. We are learning how to mature in our faith. That's really what this season at the church year is all about. We call it ordinary time, six months of time that we have in between Pentecost Sunday and Advent. And so we have this big, long stretch. It's the longest season of the church year. And the scriptures that you find during this time frame are all really awesome because they help us grow in our faith, help us strengthen that. They help us be mature Christians as we want to be. So, so that's all part of this, and especially this teaching this week. This week, our text begins with this sentence. I'm going to read it to you again, and I bet you got caught in a little part of this sentence that we're going to look at really quickly here. It says this, be careful then how you live, not as unwise people, but as wise, making the most of time, because the days are evil. Did you get caught on that little phrase as you were looking at it? Yeah, I understand. It's, it's a little ominous, isn't it? For the days are evil. What does that mean? So, so let me kind of clear that up for us so we don't get caught on that idea. So probably in, in this text, in the way it was written, in the time it was written, it was referring to the persecution of Christians. For the days are evil. For the days are tough. Uh, for it is a challenge to follow Jesus especially during that time frame for that particular group of folks uh, that the scripture was written for. So that helps us understand it a little bit, except I will say this, that we can understand it probably cerebrally, we get it, but we don't really get it, do we? Because in the United States, we really aren't persecuted as Christians. As a matter of fact, when people find out what I do, there's actually respect that is shown to me when they find out I'm clergy, that I'm a pastor of a church. Most of the time, sometimes when people find out, they really don't like it because I happen to be a female. <laughs> and so that's a whole nother sermon for a whole nother day. We're not doing that today, right? It would take a lot of time. We're not, we're not going down that pathway today. <laughs> but, but truly... Uh, most of the time, people are respectful of the fact that I'm, that I'm a Christian and that I'm clergy. And, and so we don't really quite understand it, I don't think, in the United States, the persecution of Christians. 
But I will say this, something that I have noticed, and I suspect you may have, I suspect you may have noticed it as well, Christians do persecute Christians. Yeah. And in that way, there is truth in that. And I really believe that part of that comes from a misunderstanding of Scripture. Of course, that's an opinion that I'm stating even right there. But the difference of our interpretation of Scripture, and then we start to fight about that, and we persecute one another. So maybe that is a way we can partially understand what this idea is, that the days are evil. With all of this, we understand something. And the scripture says it. Time is precious. Time is precious. And, and there is tough stuff in the world. And it makes us understand even more how precious time is. So make the most of it, we are told. Make the most of it. Even over the last week or so, and I know in the next weeks to come, we are reminded of the precious time and the passage of time as our children head back to school. Um, I always am reminded of that uh, as Caleb heads back to school and we mark another school year for him and we take all of those pictures and I'm sure you've seen it on social media as well. And I drove by, uh, there's, there's a couple of schools on our street in Westerville and so on my way to work, I drove by two of them this week and watched parents with little ones taking pictures for the first time, first day of school for, for some of the little ones and oh, I was so touched by that. And I was reminded of the passage of time. And so this time of year does certainly remind us of that as well. Also, what reminds us of the passage of time and the preciousness of it? Oh, there's so many things. When our loved ones linger as they struggle with dire health situations, time is so precious. As we ponder our own mortality, as we face challenges that we all will do, because that's life, we all suffer from the human condition, and so certainly we will face those challenges as well. And we start to really grasp that idea, oh, the time goes so fast, use it well. The scripture also teaches us how to handle the passage of time. It says, use it wisely, doesn't it? It says, use it wisely. It also reminds us that we can look at it one way or another. We can look at the passage of time in our lives with an idea of abundance or an idea of scarcity. Have you ever taken a look at this idea, the concept of how we look at the journey, whether in abundance or in scarcity? The idea of us looking at time and looking at our lives that is, are filled with abundance, it, it, it partially we kind of get at it by saying the glass is half full, but that doesn't really explain it all, does it? Not to the depth that we need it to. When we think 
of abundance, we realize that there is enough. There is more than enough. That God offers us more than enough love, more than enough time, more than enough for the journey. And that if you have enough, I can still have enough. That's abundance thinking. Scarcity thinking is different than that. Scarcity thinking is no fair. You have this, so that means I don't get that. There's just so much, and there's none left over. But abundance thinking says God takes care of it all, and then some. There is always enough, friends. There's always enough abundance. God pours that out into our lives. God gives us enough. The scripture says this. How do we manage the struggle with making most of our the making the most of our times and the fact that the days are evil? It has a very simple answer. And it really is thinking abundantly. Give thanks. That's what the scripture says. It seems really kind of simple, doesn't it? But that's what the scripture tells us. When we realize that time may be short, when we realize that we're struggling with that, when we realize that time passes so fastly, Scripture says, give thanks. Give thanks. Be thankful for the abundance that has been poured out into your life. Let me share with you a little phrase, a little writing from someone that I really enjoy his preaching and his writing, uh, the Bishop Will Willimon. Some of you may have heard his name. He says it this way. Here in our church, in our ordinary town, Among everyday folk like you and me, God is present. This changes everything. So what are we to do? How are we to make the most of God's time? That's a question that can be answered in each of our lives only by looking at how we now live our lives. By asking, how am I wasting or killing time? You may then decide to order your days differently. You might decide to live your life tomorrow a little differently than you were going to. You may decide to stop allowing the unimportant things to crowd out the really important times in your life. Surely, that would be wisdom indeed for all of us. But for now, for this time of worship, perhaps the best we can do is simply join with our siblings in this place and sing, and sing to defy this sad and cynical world, and sing by daring to make a melody to the Lord with all of our hearts and be grateful in song. On a humdrum ordinary day like today, with headlines like the ones in this morning's paper, with all of the foolish ways we have messed up our own lives, 
you'd be surprised at the difference a godly song can make in your life. Oh, dear friends, give thanks. Amen.